1: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is James B. Friel. I am very, very excited to have you guys with us here today. Um, we've got a real treat for you guys. Um, it's not often that you meet somebody who is so incredibly experienced in their industry that they've, like, they're have like they up there on the level of like Amazon and Barnes & Noble and like other household names. Um, so we're super excited to have our friend, Ken Dunn, on the show today. Before I let Ken have the mic, though, you guys know that there is a Brit who will ride in this studio on a white noble steed, and we know him as Dean
0: Holland. Hear ye, hear ye. Dean is here. <laughs> hey, James.
1: Dude, you can't say hear ye, hear you for yourself.
0: <laughs> That's how I walk through the door in my office every day. Hear ye, hear ye. Dean has arrived.
1: All right. Well, Ken, that's how the show got started today. Sorry about that. I should have rehearsed it with you and you could have said, here you, hear you, to, to, for Dean, but you know, <laughs> 2020.
2: I don't know. I don't know if I've got the right accent for it
1: anyway. <laughs> you absolutely don't. Neither one of us do. That's why, uh, that's why Dean thinks he's special, but whatever. We'll, uh, we'll get, we'll get around to talking about that later. So in the meantime, Um, I I just want everybody to know, Ken, over the course of your career, you know, we're going to get into a bunch of stuff, but over the course of your career, you've actually published like thousands and thousands of books. You started a company that's the, uh, one of the biggest online book retailers in the U S like right behind Amazon and Barnes and Noble. It's, uh, it's amazing that you want
2: to hang out with us. I got to be honest. I'm a little bit surprised. Right. I'm just geeked out to be here with you guys. I've been uh, idolizing King Dean and James. You, you're a stud. And if I get to hang out in the same circles with you dudes, I'm going somewhere. <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere on this show,
0: Ken. Please talk, Ken. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Dean's all about the uh, the monarchy titles. So the more you can slip that in, the happier he'll be. <laughs>
2: Sounds good. Maybe he'll promote my link if I do.
1: <laughs> hey, let's not get carried away, okay? We we still need you to give us the tips before any of that's going to happen.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> Got to bring the goods. <laughs> so
1: so Ken, you've been you've been in the world of publishing for uh, for a very long time. You spent a good chunk of your career there. Before like we get into all the things that you've done, can you just sort of like how have things changed? You know, how many years have you been in the game, and like what, like what's changed since you've you've gotten in in publishing and writing books and stuff like that?
2: Well, it's it's really funny what what we see happening right now, and it's and it's going to surprise you what's happening with the change because it's like a roller coaster. So I I first got into the publishing industry in two thousand. It's And then I, I left law enforcement. I was a homicide cop before, but that's another story for another show. When I first got into the industry, Amazon was really becoming Amazon. And, it, and I, I don't know if you guys know this, but Amazon's original name was Kadabra, and it was just an online store. But he, Jeff changed it because obviously it sounded too much like Kadabra. But um, when, when, when he first started, self-publishing was, was not even a common thing to do. It was called vanity publishing. And anybody that was a self-published author was just seen as an egomaniac that wanted to uh, get a book out there and didn't really care if it was good quality or not. In the early 2000s, self-publishing through Amazon, through um, Author Solutions and a couple of other companies in the time, uh, really became a preferred methodology for first-time authors to grow and as we got into the the late 2000s, 2008, 2009, that's when ebooks really started to become popular. And uh, audio or ebooks were growing really fast. In 2011, it was the only year that ebooks sold more than physical books. It got to 52%, and the whole world thought paper was going to disappear. But over the last 10 years, what we've actually seen happen every year. The audiobook or sorry, the ebook sales recess. So 51% was the highest ever. Last year, only 29% of books that were purchased were ebooks. Physical books are staying pretty strong at 51%. But what most people don't realize today, guys, is that the most popular way to consume books isn't reading at all. Audiobooks over the last five years have grown by over 10% market share for the last five years. And, and it's just unbelievable what's happening with audiobook sales right now.
1: So that's really interesting. One one question that I have to ask because there's like uh, I don't know that a lot of people in the publishing industry started out as homicide detectives. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, like, how on earth did that happen? Well, it's a it's a crazy story. So here's the short version. I started um, I started a 14 year policing career. I, I got into law enforcement on my 17th birthday in the military police in Canada. Over 14 years, I was a undercover drug cop. I was on a SWAT team for three years. I was on a surveillance team for four years, and then by at 27, I was promoted to a detective sergeant. I was assigned to the homicide squad, and I did interrogations. When I was 30 in 2000, my wife told me I was about to become a dad and I walked away from it. I had a friend who his dad became my first mentor. I started a mortgage business up in Canada. In three years, we scaled it. We did 300 million in mortgage fundings. We made about 30 million in sales. And then three years later, my uh, mentor bought my portion of the business from me and I decided to write a book. First book was a pain. It took me 18 months to to write it and it failed the publisher built me out of 80 grand and published the book with 300 grammar and spelling errors in it and it failed so i had to fix it and as i fixed it i learned a bunch of stuff decided to launch a publishing business and the rest is history wow Wow! That's- you're
0: going to have one heck of a <laughs> autobiography one day <laughs>
2: yeah. maybe i could get you to tell that story for me dean that that would that would be like the biggest joy in my life well, That's incidentally,
0: really- funny you say that. I did think when you was talking about the rise in popularity with audiobooks, imagine how great it would be having my voice read those books.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
1: um, what, Ken, what Ken hasn't told us, actually, his secret motive for being on the show is he's trying to pitch you, Dean, to do the voiceover for his
0: book. <laughs> That's it. Well, this I did actually hear Ken's personally recording this episode so he could take all the words I speak splice them up and individually create like a, a put together version of a book taking individual words that I speak
1: <laughs> that would sound great <laughs> yeah that's that's the recipe for success before, yeah. but before, before you say yes to doing the audio for his book you need to know that it's actually eight volumes um <laughs> Based on the history that he's already shared with us and he's in <laughs> progress. <with one> another. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 62 hours of audio. <laughs>
1: yeah, if, at least you're going to be in the studio for like three weeks. <laughs> so, uh, so, okay. So Ken, you, so you, you know, you wrote that first one. It, it was, you know, you went the traditional route, It just totally didn't work the way that you wanted to. Then you fixed it yourself. And then since then, you've been you've just been like a crusader for helping other people get their message out with their books and their their, you know, their content and all that. But doing it in a way that I think, as you put it right before we got on the show, helping people produce non shitty books. <laughs>
2: so <laughs> I think that's a really succinct mission statement. Yeah, <laughs> I started the publishing business, uh, James, and it was really amazing. I, I you know, I I we had we published tons of books in the in the late 2000s, And it was crazy because it was self-publishing. So the authors controlled the works. And it was, it was, it made me sad because 90% of the books we published were absolute shit. And I, I really had a heart for the entrepreneur. I knew a lot of people were writing books because they wanted to get that credibility boost. You write a book. If you do it the right way, it'll raise your credibility, but then you can repurpose the chapters of the book into your courses and your content and everything else. But James, would you, you may not believe this, but this is a true statistic, 50% of authors who publish books don't even read books. So they don't have a freaking clue what a good book even feels like. And they end up writing these boring, meandering stories of their lame-ass lives, and, and they don't ever think about the reader's experience.
1: That's awful, and and chances are they don't have Dean uh, doing the voiceover for them either, which right. makes it Dean can make the
2: shittiest book sound great.
1: Yeah, that that, could, that's your new value proposition, Dean. <laughs> That'll probably be on my gravestone. Make shitty books sound great. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that's a staggering statistic. That is that crazy. Fifty percent of these people writing books actually don't read books. Like. I got to ask, like, who even gets that they don't read books after they've written their own book? Like, it's amazing they've even gotten that data.
2: It's we, so we started analyzing books that, were, that we were launching that weren't selling, and we went back and interviewed the authors, and we asked them questions like, what do you know about marketing? What do you know about launching books? That's how we developed a lot of our marketing services that we offer to clients today. We build free plus shipping funnels and do a whole bunch of innovative things for them. But one of the questions we slipped in and we wouldn't ask them directly because they'd all lie about it. So we would ask them, how many books do you read a year? And if they stumbled and didn't answer, then we would ask them, what percentage of books do you start reading? Do you f- stop reading? And most people said they read 12 books a year, which was a lie and because it's 12 months. And then most of them would admit that they, they rarely finished reading a book. And so then after they answered those two questions, we'd say, do you actually consider yourself a reader? And, and they'd all say no. It was shocking to me, but, but that told me I needed to figure out a way to help them write their books. So they, they didn't write shitty books because if somebody who's trying to build their credibility online to become an expert, if they write a shitty book, they're screwed. They're going to, they're going to hurt themselves.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. So so you're telling me that that part of the program and the system and everything that you developed took these people who weren't even uh, reading something and others who were obviously and help them actually produce a high quality book.
2: Yeah, in fact, we, if we're we a technology company and I'm, I'm a freak. I don't know the first thing about technology, but I get big ideas and I force my employees to do to turn my ideas into technologies. And so we actually created a technology platform that people can write their books on and it takes them less than 30 days to write the book. They write for 10 minutes a day and the books that are published from this program outsell other books five to one. And it works. And so we I just I just hate shitty books. I I feel bad for the entrepreneurs that that write them.
1: What does it take to be able to write a good book? And you know, like peel back the curtain for us a little bit, like behind the scenes, like what's happening to enable people to get their ideas actually in such a, a logical sequence that it that it makes a good book?
2: Yeah, that's so that's a great question. So let's first let me explain really quickly what most First-time authors, what most entrepreneurial authors end up doing—they—they they all have amazing stories. So they all go through a journey in their careers where they started off broke as a joke, and they figure out, they find, you know, you know what Russell says, right? It's—it's it's only one funnel away. They—they they find that they create the wealth, and for some reason, because they're not readers, they end up writing these boring biographies, like these memoir-style books where. When I was 10, I was broke, and here's what happened next, and here's what happened next, and here's what happened next. Those are the shitty books. What I, what I realized early on in my career is when I studied books that actually sold, they, they actually took the reader on a journey. So they, at the very beginning of the book, instead of focusing on the author's life, they focus on the reader, and they start with the reader where they're at today. And every chapter in the book represents the next step in the journey and if you follow the steps, the chapters, by the time you finish, you're going to have an entire plan for where you want to go. So that's called, we call that the reader's journey. And that is very different than what most of these shitty books are produced like. And, and uh, you know, a good example is imagine that you absolutely have to get to the other side of a raging river that if you fall in, you'll die. And there's a series of stones. Now they're staggered. They're not straight. And some of them are, are a leap to get to them. But in order to cross safely, you've got to jump on the right stone in the right order. That's the proper way to build the chapters of a book. A great example, and an example I use all the time, is one of our favorite books, our common favorite book. It's Russell's book, Expert Secrets. That's what he did. That's the the big reason that it is so appealing. The second thing is the content of the chapters. Every chapter in the book has to have three very specific portions. Number one, it's the teaching. You've got to teach something valid. You've got to teach on that next step of the journey. Number two, it's your personal example. It has to be woven into every chapter. And, of course, for those eagle Maniac authors, they like the sound of that because they wanted to write the book to use it as therapy anyway. So they, they still get to put their stories in. But the third thing, and this is what Russell did brilliantly It's using other people's stories in each chapter. So if you create the book, so it follows the reader's journey, get your own ego out of the way. And then you put those three essential elements in each chapter. You will guarantee sell thousands more books. You'll create a book that sells itself.
1: Mm, mm. And and like, can this, can this methodology be used in like any industry? Is it like, where have you seen it work really well? Where does it maybe not work quite as well? Like what's, People expect when they kind of put this into practice
2: yeah James this this has worked every single industry where it doesn't work is not is fiction books so we have a different methodology we teach fiction authors but for any nonfiction book in any industry they all follow the same way and we've actually published we're, we're just under 500 books that we've published using this system now um, there, there's over a dozen people in our, you know, from our friends in the inner circle that have all used this system and they write amazing, amazing books. And they do it like every one of them writes their book in less than 30 days and they never write for more than 10 minutes a day.
1: So that's like, that's mind blowing to me because I think when anyone says, Hey, it's time to write a book, I imagine having to like shut down my life for like three months, find a ca- find a cabin in the woods somewhere with a typewriter and just be like a hermit. But you're saying that with the right focus and the right you know, sort of templates and methodology, you can really accelerate that process.
2: Yeah, that's right. So I learned this from Nick Boothman, the guy I was telling you about. Nick is a a, a New York Times bestselling author. He sold over 3 million copies of his books. His, his marquee book is called um, How to Make People Like You in 90 Seconds or Less. Ah, uh, you know what? I, I shouldn't even gone down this road. I just realized he's from England too. <laughs> oh, no so, wonder he's successful. <laughs> I'm guessing the audio book outsold everything.
1: That, there you go, Ken. You, you flared him up again. Shit. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so my first book failed, and I was trying to figure out how to fix it. I found this book in a bookstore, and I read the book, and I went to my assistant and said, "I don't care where this guy is, find him. I want to meet him." This was back in 2003. I said, he either lives in England or Portugal or New York, but I don't care. Well, she called me back the next day and said, you're never going to believe this. He lives here in Toronto. He lives here. He lives down the street from you. And so I met Nick and, in a coffee shop. And I explained to him how I had to rewrite my book. And I was scared because it took me 18 months to write the first time. And it was I hated writing. It was so hard. And he started laughing at me. And I, you know what? His laugh was just like Dean's laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but he started laughing at me. And he, he said said... Uh, I said, "Why are you laughing?" He says, "Ken, I've never, I've never taken more than I, that book you're holding. I wrote it in 30 days, and I never wrote for more than 10 minutes a day." And and I I called him on his shit. I said, "Well, if that's true, teach me how to do it because I don't believe you." And he made me meet him in a coffee shop every morning at 7 a.m. for 30 days. I wrote for 10 minutes a day in front of him. He told me exactly what to write each day, and I did it. I wrote the book in 30 days. And I I've, I've published that book in 2006. I've sold 100,000 copies of it. I've published uh, four books since, and I've sold over 320,000 copies of my books. And all my books sell in traditional bookstores, and, and I, I have very little to do with it anymore. And so um, I went back to Nick afterwards and said, okay, this works. I need to teach this system to thousands of authors. You need to write this into a book for me. I want you to write a book on this style of writing and I want you to do it in less than thirty days. Well, he wrote it in two weeks. It's called "How to Write a Saleable Book in Ten Minute Verse of Madness," and it's it's amazing. It's helped thousands of authors.
1: Wow. Well, there you go, Dean, a fellow Brit changing the world.
0: Well, it doesn't surprise me if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think you ought to read his first book how to get people to like you, though. Know, you might pick up a few tips. <laughs> it was probably like rule number one: talk properly. <laughs> Rule number two: pronounce the T's in the words.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm sure that's it. Rule um, number three: stop making fun of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's not going to happen.
1: I guess you might as well not read it at all. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, Ken, what was what was the book that you wrote with him during that you know that time that you guys spent together? What was that? What was that one called?
2: it's called being the change. And it's, it's really interesting because between when I, so when when I was a cop, I had never read a book in my life. My first mentor, he told me that he was only going to let, he was only going to mentor me if I agreed to read a book a week and he would give me the books to read. And and I, I was scared. I had never read a book from cover to cover. The first book he gave me was, um, the greatest salesman in the world Augmentino's book and it, I've, re- I've read over a thousand books since for 18 years I have read a book a week I've never given up that habit and uh, it was it was just a really freaking amazing experience and I understand the value of books today and I, I just I can't stop it's funny
0: James right. and I have a similar little process going on only I'm about I've had to bring him into it slowly we're just at picture books at the moment Ken I think <laughs> soon we'll be on to words <laughs>
1: I can't, I can't pronounce things that have more than one syllable. So Dean's been very kind to me. Hence the uh, reason I'll, you chose your, your co-host, I guess. Exactly. His name's Dean. It's easy to say. So uh <laughs> so I wanna I wanna zero in on that for a second. Um, you know, writing a book in thirty days, like that's amazing. And there, you know, there's definitely gonna be people listening to this who who have a message and they wanna get it out and they're terrified of writing a book and might be relieved to hear that they could do it in such a short period of time, but you've read a book, you've read a book a week for a long time. I, I love to read, but I find that I go in like bursts. Like two weekends ago, I binge read like nine books, but then I'll go like a month and I won't, you know, I'll just kind of
2: gloss over some stuff. What is your strategy for reading a book a week? I want to know how to do that. Well, it's interesting. I, you know, the last couple of years I've been commuting weekly between Austin and um, Toronto and and I've, On Delta, I've flown 1.6 million miles in the last 10 years. So admittedly, I read a lot on planes and I spend a lot of time on planes. I only read like I don't don't watch the movies or anything. Um, The biggest thing for me is I always have the next two books ready. And I always read the the first 10 minutes of every morning before I get out of bed. And so I've created a habit around specific reasons. So I read 10 minutes every morning at minimum. And um, I always read on airplanes and I've, it's, it's just never failed me. I've, I've always got, I've got my next two books right here. I've got the book I'm reading right here. And I'm always excited about what I'm reading and learning.
1: Is it? And it, are you reading like a, like fiction, biographies, nonfiction, like, a, like a, all of it, like what, like, what do you mostly focus on?
2: Yeah, I, I read in every genre. Um, I don't, so obviously I read cop thrillers, my, my preferred, um fiction books are cop books my favorite author is patricia cornwell so i've i've read all of those but it's only like 10% fiction um i i like to i read at least one memoir a month and then the rest are like nonfiction books business books you know i i just read a couple weeks ago the darkest hour um the the book about you know it was just made into a movie um, I'm, I'm reading Shoe Dog right now. I don't know if you guys have read Shoe Dog, Phil Knight's uh, memoir about Nike, but it's freaking amazing. Oh,
0: I've actually got it next to me here, just recently delivered. Yeah, deep. Look, deep. you don't have to make it up to build more. It it's okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, our, our friend <laughs> Alex Charfin was uh, harping about a Million Dollar Coach Tacky Moore's book, so I've never read it. I grabbed a copy of that. And then I've got... A book called Mondo Agnilo. Mondo Agnili, It's it's the book of uh, the the dynasty Fiat and Chrysler. It's Mondo Agnilo was the uh, owner or the president of um, Fiat, and so I've got his memoir here that I'm going to read next. So nice. that's
1: amazing. So you don't have you don't have, you're not like a speed reader. You don't have like some crazy strategy. It's just ruthless consistency.
2: Yeah, I like. I've gotten better at reading, and there are some techniques that you can use to increase how fast you read. That I've I've taken courses on, but I I average a speed reader is considered to be anybody that reads more than nine hundred words a minute. An average reader is about four hundred and fifty words a minute, and uh, and I'm I'm sitting right around five hundred words a minute.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Well, there you go. I like that. I think I'm going to commit to that. I like um ten ten minutes at least. And uh, do you read in the evening before you go to bed or just when you wake up especially?
2: I can't read in the evening. I'm by the end, like i I'm, I'm a workaholic. I'm, I'm still freaking dra- dreaming and braining and thinking at 10, 11 o'clock at night. And I, I, I just have to, I, I self-medicate to get sleep at night. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Not. <laughs> no, I, I, I read in the mornings and I don't self-medicate at night. I don't want you guys to get the wrong idea.
1: Oh, uh, see, I was ready to cue up the dramatic piano music and have you tell us your story about all of the things. That have done. <laughs> Save that for another time. So, um, so that's all. So, so, do you do you think that you know you mentioned the thing earlier in the show about you know that fifty two percent of the authors hadn't hadn't read anything, but do you think there is even with your system a correlation between higher quality books? And people who read or have you guys really just perfected the saying and it almost doesn't matter except for, you know, the, the learning aspect that somebody would want to have?
2: Yeah. we. So the, the biggest problem that non-readers have when they're trying to write books is they, they get emotionally stopped. It's called writer's block. And the other problem that exists is that a lot of people, you know, your your creative side of your brain, your right side of your brain is where you, you do your writing that analytic side of your brain, the left side, you you do all the editing and stuff. And most people who try to write books, they try to write and edit at the same time. And our technology platform, by focusing on really, really short writing bursts, it eliminates both of those problems. And so before we let an author get into the platform to to start writing, we make them do an hour's worth of pre-work in a workbook, and gets all their thoughts straight. And then they really just focus on staying in that creative side of their brain each day, and they blow the books open. And every one of them is a better quality book just because it's 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 written properly. It follows the reader's journey. It has the essential elements, and and they're they're just done um, unbelievably well.
1: That's outstanding. So um so I'm sure you know I'm sure people listening got a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to the show, and and Dean's mom listens to the show uh, hey, um- also just. here's our first uh our first and only uh fan uh i think we picked up one more fan in the last week so like you know we've got a good mix (laughs) hey dad Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so so i'm sure people listening like how how can they get how can they take a look at your platform how can they get in touch find out more about, you know, uh, writing, writing your own book.
2: <laughs> well, it's funny you ask that James, I just happen to have a, a free offer to get a free copy of the book. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's, it, it's really cool. You know, this, and it's uh, gosh, you know what? I'm not even going to tell this part of the story. So a couple months ago, a friend of mine who's in a mastermind group with me, with Russell, the inner circle, was really, really talking a lot about giving the books away for free and using this certain system. And I'm not going to mention the friend's name because I don't want to inflate his ego, but he does speak with a British accent and thinks himself a king. (laughs) And so I I created (laughs) Just saying. So I... I created a website that we give the book away for free. We'll ship it anywhere in the world. I just want to help authors. I really do. And this book, it's called How to Write a Saleable Book in 10-Minute Bursts of Madness. Um, it was written by Nick Boothman. And if somebody goes over there to that website, it's really simple. It's snagthisbook.com, snagthisbook.com, S-N-A-G-T-H-I-S-B-O-O-K.com. And they can grab a copy of the book and we'll, we'll ship it out to them.
1: And that and that, like and that book that you're gonna send out like explains the process, explains like how to how to get your thoughts organized, like all those different things that you talked about.
2: Yeah, not just that, but in the book, there are actually that's why you gotta get the physical copy of it. There are actually exercises in the book where you write right in the book the things that you have to get straight before you start writing. But I know of a hundred different authors that have written their book in 30 days just because they got a copy of this book for free. It works. No, it's fun. unbelievable. Huh. Do, do you find that, like, there's do people need
1: accountability to do this? Like, I feel like it's like some for some people, it's like so hard. Like, I haven't written a book, and I, I think this is something that I want to give, uh, you know, do uh, because it sounds like uh, it's really cool and it could help me get my, my message out even more to people. But, like, do you find like people, some people need an accountability component, or is it just like,
2: hey, here's the steps and that's it. No, you're, no, James, you hit the nail on the head. People need accountability without a doubt. When we first started selling the book and giving it away, um, we actually went, we'd always get phone numbers and email addresses because we'd want to follow up a month later and just see how they did. And like 60% of people never started. And so that really concerned me. And that's, I went back to Nick then and said, Hey, I want to build a technology platform because I want to really help these authors. So Remember I told you when Nick helped me, he sat me down for 10 minutes a day. I had done my homework. He gave me some very specific advice for a couple of minutes and then he made me write. Hmm. So we turned that into a technology platform that it works just like that. You read the book first, you fill out a workbook, I'll send you in the mail. And then you, um, you we give you access to the platform and you log in and Nick is there and he you holds your hand and he tells you once a day what to write and then you write. But for people that are using the writing platform, we actually give them a real live accountability partner. In my company, I have 15 professional writing coaches. They've all written New York Times best-selling books. They're all amazing. And when you use my platform to write your book, you get an accountability coach assigned to you. He meets with you up front, he reviews your outline, makes sure your chapters are in the right order. Then once a week, he um, logs in and makes sure you've been writing. And, and you get on the phone with him once a week and you review what you've been doing and he keeps you on track. And if he you finds you're not on track, then the, the shock collar that we send you to put on your neck, he hits that button, it wakes you up.
1: <laughs> right,
2: perfect. <laughs> but, but the platform really works. And, and if somebody wants to, to know about the writing platform itself, once you go to the free plus shipping um, funnel, the website, snagdisbook.com, and grab a book, I'll, I'll send you an email that gives you more info about that.
1: Right. So there's two. So there's so basically you get the free book and you can go through it on your own. And that's been amazing for a lot of people. And then if people feel like they need the extra support, then there's there's a way for them to get access to that, too.
2: Yeah. And it's 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 not even cost prohibitive. It's it's just under eight hundred dollars to, to use the writing platform. And we give you a 30 day money back guarantee and and you get the writing coach, which you, you go try and hire a writing coach of the quality that we assign you these guys typically charge five to 10 grand just to do the coaching that we include in 800 bucks.
1: Yeah. That's super cool. Well, Dean, I know you've been, uh, you've said more than once on the show that you've got a book that you want to get out. Well,
2: I I
0: wouldn't necessarily say mine's a book. It's a playbook. Meaning (laughs) I tried to write a book after nine months, decided that three pages wasn't enough. And then just decided to (laughs) take the audio from a webinar and transcribe it. And Call it a 20-page report. (laughs) That's that's kind of how far I got with the whole book thing. But, I mean, it's a great 20 pages, I've got to say.
2: Especially especially if there's an audio component to it. Right. I want the audio book. I totally want the audio book.
0: (laughs) I should do self-hypnosis just to make people you know feel good
2: dean i do I, I do not believe you can hypnotize anybody they can't get over the voice <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> they're too concentrated they're
2: too focused yeah.
0: yeah
1: they're they're too uh, they're just like man this is so amazing they just want to focus and pay attention so um okay well well this is this is really cool ken i knew you know before coming into the show you had you know helped a lot of people but i don't think i understood to the extent with which you know i'm a, i'm a systems guy so i love systems and, um, you know, cause they help, you know, good people accomplish great results. Um, and so I think, uh, I think it's really cool that, that you guys have this system and offer, uh, you know, what, what was the site again you said for people who want to go snagthisbook.com, um, go get their free copy, which is, which is super cool. Anything, um, anything else you want to add Dean before we, uh, before we wrap this up?
0: Um, No, I just think it's, uh, awesome. I wish we'd have had more time today to go into things. I love how we, I would have loved to know more about the cop stuff. And I love how we kind of just gracefully swifted over the fact that Ken's like, yeah, my books have sold like 300,000 million copies. He's like, oh, right. Yeah. Just standard stuff for an author then. You know, we just we just have to <laughs> right. dance on over this stuff. But, uh, yeah, other than that, it's been uh, amazing, Ken. I'm sure we could stand here all day and hear so many more stories.
2: Well, well I'll tell you what. Go ahead, Ken. No, you go ahead. I was just going to jammer a bit.
1: I was just going to say, you know, it could be cool, Dean, and we can talk about this offline. But maybe you and I have a 30-day challenge and go through the program, and
2: then we have Ken back on the show to Sure. Our uh, ooh, book. I like it. I would love to be the referee in that joust. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. All right, we'll we'll, uh, we'll find out if we can make that happen. So, well, here's, that, that but, here's
2: here, but here's the best part, James. If you guys do it, I will. I will be both of your writing coaches. I'll give you both the same treatment. I'll give you two hours up front to outline the chapters to really define your message. I'll send you the books, the workbooks. I'll check with you again after you do the workbook, and I'll let you get into the platform at the same time, and I'll check t- I'll get on the phone with you guys once a week for the 30 days to do updates, and then we can see who is the better entrepreneur by the end of the 30 days. <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> oh, my God. Oh,
1: this is amazing. Okay. Now, like, you, are you Ken or Don King? You're obviously a fight promoter um both dean and i are now salivating we were like yeah we want to write a book now we want to demolish yep. each other which is yep. okay all right we're uh we're, let's plan on that so we'll uh we'll get things kicked off and we'll figure out the logistics absolutely
0: <laughs> we That's could do amazing. we could do a co authored just the tips book
2: no there's no That's there's a, no competition in
0: that yeah <laughs> and we like,
1: you know what? We'll get we'll get the first one. The first one okay, will be competitive. Yeah. All
0: right, you're going and down. Then, then we'll do
1: a collaborative one. Because actually, like we could do. We've had some amazing people on here. You know, can include it. Obviously, um, we could probably do a really cool book just from the, no. the different people.
2: Wait, wait, I, wait, wait, guys! If there's a competition, there has to be a prize.
1: Ooh, yeah, that's true. So that's here, true.
2: So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go through this at the end of the 30 days. We literally have two finished manuscripts. The prize—the best manuscript—who does the best job gets a free publishing contract. <gasps> this is this is a this is a five thousand dollar contract. I will have the book listed in every major store in North America, and you get a thousand copies of the book included. Oh, James, you're going down, biatch.
1: There's no way you're not even going to know what hit hey,
0: you. <laughs> it is <laughs> on now that is I, it i love it let's
1: do it ken is the first person to successfully drive a wedge between us and i, like <laughs> I do
0: that. like it i haven't liked you anyway i've been looking for this excuse <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome. okay all right all right well for us and for everybody listening uh now you know the plan this is happening uh, i guess we're going to see what happens uh in 30 days and um well ken thanks for uh Coming on the show and raising the raising the ante. Yeah. yeah. Well, you. And
2: and listen, if I if I could be so bold, I know you guys get tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that listen to every episode, and they're all entrepreneurs. Guys, if you haven't written a book yet, you need to. It will give you such clarity in your business and your book and the content will help you to create so many more amazing products. Do yourself a favor and just check it out. It's it's snagthisbook.com.
1: Awesome. Okay, well, uh, we'll take uh, take Ken up on that offer. And uh, thanks for being on the show today, Ken. We look forward to the challenge. We look forward to our next show with you, where we reveal the winner of said challenge. And in the meantime, Dean, you are my sworn enemy. So without further ado, <laughs> I will
0: defeat you.
1: <laughs> this is James B. Friel signing off with my co-host, soon to be dead to me co-host, <laughs> Dean Holland. And I will talk with you guys soon. Later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfriel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.